after a blowout loss to Purdue and upcoming back-to-back road games against top 15 teams. Are Mike Woodson and the Indiana Hoosiers in trouble? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. It is the Locked on Hoosiers podcast. I'm your man, Jacob Goins. I appreciate you making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen each and every day. We are a part of the Locked on Podcast Network, which is your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. I'm your man, Jacob Goins. Thank you so much for making this your first listen each and every day shout out to the everydayers i say this all the time you're the reason that we are doing this and we're glad that you are here and we're also glad to be joined by andy Patton of locked on college basketball and of locked on zags andy great to have you back on the show man great response from the first episode and hoping to make this more of a tradition between you and isaac with locked on college basketball yeah appreciate you having me on always love talking uh, talking basketball get a chance to talk about the big 10 in indiana so this is uh some i'm looking forward to Well, the question that will get us started and the question I'm posing to you and all of our Indiana listeners, after the blowout loss to Purdue, a game that we thought Indiana was going to be more competitive in, more productive in, and possibly pull the upset after that performance, and given the upcoming back-to-back road games against top 15 teams, are Mike Woodson and the Indiana Hoosiers in trouble? You can pair those together. You can separate them if you want to. Andy, are we in trouble here? Yeah, it's a... I'm really curious to see how Indiana responds to this. I think that's going to tell us a lot because part of my assumption about this Purdue game is that it's maybe telling us a little bit more about Purdue than it is about Indiana because Purdue, I think they were pissed off. I think they were pissed off that they lost last week to Nebraska. I think they were pissed off that they fell from number one to two in the AP poll and the coaches poll and a lot of other polls. Uh, personally, and, and Isaac and I spoke about this on Locked On College Basketball, I thought Purdue should have remained the number one team in the country. I think too often uh, people, voters are in particular, are, are quick to just move a team down because they lost and they don't really look at the overall resume. Uh, sure. Purdue and UConn were both 15-2. and two. Uh, Purdue had more quad one wins than UConn. Like, I think they deserve to still be the number one team in the country, and I think the fact that they were not probably made them pretty angry. And I think where I would have some concern about Indiana outside of the fact that Purdue has lost two road games in the big 10 to teams that are worse than Indiana and did not uh, struggle at all at, at assembly hall. I think we've seen when Indiana gets down, they can't really fight back into games. There've been a lot of times where Indiana and it's what's hurting them in the Ken Palm rankings is when they get down, they just kind of get blown out. And that's what happened here is, is Purdue jumped out to a big lead and never really let Indiana back in the game, but also Mike Woodson's team never really got themselves back in the game. We saw Auburn kind of do a same thing, a similar thing to Indiana earlier in the year. And there's no shame in losing to Purdue and Auburn. They're two of the six, seven best teams in the country, in my opinion. So I don't think the losses are the problem, but you'd want to see a little bit more fight. You want to see maybe some more adjustments. I mean, they, they didn't seem to have a plan against Zach Eady and a lot of teams struggle against Zach Eady, but he just had his way with doing kind of whatever he wanted in this game. And so I do think that that combined with the fact that you're absolutely right. The rest of this schedule uh, upcoming for this team is, is not 
favorable for Indiana. Wisconsin's going to be pissed off after their loss to Penn State. Yeah. They're going to come out fighting. You know, we'll see what happens with Illinois. They're obviously down a really significant piece right now without Terrence Shannon Jr., but uh, this is a really tough stretch for, for Indiana, and I'd love to see what this team is made of because right now uh, I, I would like to see a little bit more fight than what we've seen from this team. Well, the reason I ask you this and the reason that this is the topic of today's episode is because Indiana fans really even coming into this season, they were beginning to question Mike Woodson and his coaching strategies and his coaching decisions and, and really his coaching ability. And a lot of that, I think, was covered up a year ago with Trace Jackson Davis. I think that was a big part of it. And now this team doesn't have that go-to guy that's going to consistently give you 20 points and be a difference maker on the floor. There's a lot of talent here. There's no doubt about it. But I think a lot of the the coaching liabilities that Mike Woodson may have, they're starting to come through on this team. And that's what's got Hoosier fans so fired up, Andy. Yeah, and I, that's understandable to me. I think you look at the offseason and, you know, you knew you were going to have to replace the Trace Jackson Davis and you knew you were going to have some issues with, you know, without Jalen hood Shafino in the mix as well. And I, they, I think they did a good job of replenishing certain parts of the roster. Obviously, Ware has been a huge addition for this team, uh, has been a much more productive version of the player than he was uh, at Oregon last year. But they struggled to add in the backcourt. And I think part of that was that a lot of transfers maybe didn't want to come to Indiana because they had Xavier Johnson, because they had Trey Galloway. They weren't really sure what their role was going to be. Uh, and I think that that yeah, there's a lot of teams that struggled to add players in the transfer portal at spots that they may have needed. You know, I mean, I talk about my Zags, like their depth is a significant problem for them this year because they couldn't find pieces that fit the puzzle that they wanted. And so I think a lot of coaches are still adjusting to what roster building is like in the, you know, post COVID post NIL post transfer portal era. But at the same time, this Indiana team should be better as an outside shooting team. They should, I mean, their assist to turnover ratio as a team is pretty horrendous. Like there are things yes. that this team so needs bad. to be better at that is not an issue of, oh, they didn't land the guy they needed in the portal. It's either a coaching issue or it's players just not performing up to expectation, which either way that falls on Woodson to some capacity. And I think you look at this team and you look at, you know, they don't have anybody over four assists per game and they have multiple guys over two or two turnovers per game. They're shooting under 34% from three. They're shooting 66% from the free throw line. Like you, you don't fire a coach because your team can't shoot free throws, but man, you got at some point, you got to be wondering like, what is, what is going on here? Why are we having these issues? Why are we not fighting back in games? Like we talked about, like, you know, there, I, why is McKenzie and Baca, who has been much better lately, much better lately? Oh, for sure. But, you know, he had a really, really slow start to the season. And even his recent performances are are, are not exceeding what the preseason expectations were. He's just kind of finally at the spot where people kind of expected him to be. And so it, at some point you do start to question your coach. Is he fireable at this point? I would say no. Uh, I can understand reactionary fan bases, you know, may feel a little bit differently, but but certainly you, you would have wanted to see more from this roster than you have so far, and that does fall on the coach. Yeah, it's year three under Mike Woodson, and the the team and the program is taking a step back, and that's what really is frustrating to watch. It's upsetting to watch, and it's it's baffling, really, to see what's happened with this roster and with the program. Who's your fans hoping that changes? But as I mentioned. 
on the road at Wisconsin, currently the number 11 team in the country, and then on the road at number 14, Illinois. So those two games don't make it easy. You still have another date on the road with Ohio State. You still have a game on the road with that Purdue team. Mm -hmm. You play Wisconsin again, and then Michigan State at the end of the year, not to mention Nebraska, Northwestern, that are still NCAA tournament teams. So the schedule doesn't get any easier for Indiana, and the hot seat for Mike Woodson, it's getting turned up a little bit. The Hoosiers got to find a way to fix it, man. Yeah, 100%. I'm looking at Ken Palm right now, and and this surprises me, and I don't think this will be the end result, but uh, the the number of games that Indiana is favored to win for the rest of the season, it's one. Oh. One. It is their oh. game, their home game against Penn State. That is it. Now, I do not think that they will only win one game for the rest of the year. I'll tell you right now, if they do, the calls for Mike Woodson's seat are going to be <laughs> red, red hot. Uh, that yeah. shows you that the, the computers right now are not in love with what's going on with this Indiana team. And I think that points to some of the issues we're talking about with high turnover rates, with not distributing the ball very well, with not shooting it all that well. I mean, again, I don't think Indiana is going to go one and whatever it is for the rest of the season, but uh, they probably need to win quite a bit more than one for, for that kind of conversation to feel a little bit calmer about Mike Woodson's job. Well, with the rest of these games, they're all in the Big Ten, and that's where we're going next here on Locked on Hoosiers. We're going to take a look at the Big Ten, relate it to Indiana, where we sit, what's coming up, what's been happening in the Big Ten, plus later on, college basketball storylines, what's been happening in this crazy sport here in 2023-2024. That's what's coming up here on Locked on Hoosiers. Today's episode of Locked on Hoosiers is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning play, the winning trophy, is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need and the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Today's episode of Locked on Hoosiers is also brought to you by LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll make my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. It's quick. It's easy. Post the job for free. You can post it in just a couple of taps. People can find it, and it's how you get the most reliable candidates. It's using LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
Welcome back into Locked On Hoosiers. I appreciate you making this your first listen each and every day. And once you're done here, go check out Locked On College Basketball with our man Andy Patton and Isaac Shade as well. They do a fantastic job each and every day doing a total college basketball podcast and a crazy season for college basketball. And we're going to get to that in just a little bit, Andy. But talking about the Big Ten as a whole, it's been a crazy season. And we've talked about Purdue being at the top. But this is still a really deep conference, and I think there's a lot of question marks about where the Hoosiers fit in this conference and how many teams are going to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I remember last year there was a lot of kind of uncertainty about who was going to be that number two team behind uh, Purdue in the standings, and I kind of didn't think we were going to have that conversation this year as much. I mean, certainly before the season it was obvious it's going to be Michigan State. It's going to be Purdue and Michigan State. They're one and two. Everybody else will compete behind them. That has obviously not been the case as Michigan State has struggled. Uh, They have been looking better as of late, but they still haven't been particularly consistent. It's been a very odd year uh, for Tom Izzo and the Spartans. Uh, Wisconsin has looked like that team up to this point. One of my best friends is a huge Wisconsin fan. Okay. uh, Okay. He told me coming into this last week, he's like, if we get ranked in the top 10, we're going to lose to Penn State. And then the (laughs) rankings came out and they were 11th and he thought, oh, okay, hey, we, you know what? We're not in the top 10. We might not lose to Penn State. Nope. They lost to Penn State. So I'm not shocked by that either. Wisconsin is a a kind of difficult team to pin down a little bit. I think the addition of AJ Storr was really impactful for them. He's a very good scorer. It was kind of what they desperately needed. It's like a smaller scale of what's happening at Tennessee where they were a good defensive team that just needed one go-to score. They got their guy in Dalton Connect and it's working out for them. It's kind of what's going on at Wisconsin, but they just don't quite have that consistency. Uh, Illinois, obviously, we we talked a bit about the Terrence Shannon Jr., uh, him not being in the mix for this team, at least for the foreseeable future, and that obviously has kind of capped their uh, their upside right now. But to me, it still is kind of Purdue and then some amalgamation of Wisconsin and Illinois and to an extent Michigan State kind of in that conversation as well. But uh, after that, it gets really murky. I, I think yeah. there's still a few teams probably ahead of Indiana right now, especially with the Hoosiers uh, losing some of those games. They lost to Nebraska. They lost to, what was it, Rutgers was their other loss, one of their other losses there. So I think they're they're kind of a little farther down in that conversation right now. But, you know, Ohio State, they haven't met the expectations. They're two and four in conference play right now. Uh, Northwestern, I think, can kind of get into that conversation, but it's kind of what this conference seems to do, and and a lot of major conferences do this. It's not that unusual, but the Big Ten is just, it's going to have like six or seven teams that are probably within like a game and a half of each other in the standings throughout the rest of the year, and and, uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the only team that really separates themselves in a positive way is Purdue. Well, as of a couple of days ago, the updated bracketology from ESPN and Joe Lenardi, the Big Ten has seven teams in bracketology. Is it crazy to think that's kind of high, Andy? I mean, does that seem like a little bit of a high number? I know, I mean, 68 teams make the field, and you get one automatic Mm -hmm. qualifier that everybody else fills in. We know the process here. But Mm -hmm. given the way that you're talking about the Big Ten and you look at the standings, I mean – I just don't know, man. I feel like seven could be a lot by the time we get to the end of it in a conference that I've talked a lot about eats itself alive more Mm -hmm. times than not. It'll be really interesting. I think that does sound like a lot, but at the same time, like right now the Big 12 has, I think 12 of their 14 teams are in the top 75 in the net, which basically means like every Big 12 game from here on out is quad one for those teams. Which is insane. 
which is insane. And so they're going to cannibalize themselves the same way that the Big Ten cannibalizes themselves in the same way that the Pac-12 has historically cannibalized themselves. Where I mean, we're already seeing it. Kansas State beat Baylor uh, a few days ago. We have we saw Kansas lose to Central Florida. Uh, TCU finally get in the rankings. They lose to Cincinnati. Like That's going to continue to happen. But the problem yeah. is that that's not really hurting those teams' resumes. And you go to the far end of the spectrum when it happens in the Pac-12. Like Every time a Pac-12 school loses to a team worse than them, it completely crushes it like automatically moved them all the way down to the bubble because the conference is just not that strong. The Big Ten is kind of in the middle where it doesn't hurt the teams quite as much as it is in the Pac-12. It certainly doesn't help them as much as it does in the Big 12. And I don't think 12 Big 12 teams are going to get in the tournament. That is an insanely high number. That would be putting teams in the tournament that are like two to three games below 500. The committee has historically not done that. They would rather put a Northwestern team that's a game over 500 in the tournament than a Cincinnati team that's three games under. And that's probably the right decision to make, which I think is going to benefit the Big Ten. Do they deserve seven teams in the tournament right now? Uh, Probably not. Uh, Where I'm curious is what they're going to do with the conference like the Mountain West. The Mountain West has, in my opinion, five, arguably six teams that deserve to be in the NCAA tournament just from a talent perspective, from a record perspective, Ken Palm, Torvik, all those rankings. But I would be pretty surprised if the committee certainly put six Mountain West schools in the tournament, even five, I think would be a surprise. So I think that, again, benefits a conference like the Big Ten, where they maybe get their sixth or seventh team in, whether it's, you know, a Northwestern or, you know, if Indiana manages to turn things around or somebody like, a you know, Nebraska, even if they could sneak into the big dance. You can make an argument whether they deserve it, but every year the bubble's pretty weak and there are some not so great teams that make the field. And And the Big Ten's going to have a few teams that pick up just enough quad one games to probably have a, a decent looking resume uh, when that time comes. Could Indiana, I mean, if they if they decide to get a win here or there, I think Wisconsin or Illinois would definitely help that if they're mm-hmm. able to beat Purdue on the road, if, if you know, the coming of Jesus comes down and helps them do that, mm-hmm. or if they beat Michigan State or whoever the case may be, could Indiana be one of those bubble teams? Because they're definitely not in right now, and they've got to find some wins. They're still winless in quad one games, Andy. Could they be a bubble team if they try to turn this thing around? Yeah, I think they probably need three quad one wins, which they have those opportunities. They got two more games against Wisconsin. They got that road game against Purdue, like you mentioned. Uh, they got they got another one against Nebraska. They got another one against Iowa State, or excuse me, Ohio State. Uh, they obviously have Illinois and Iowa, like we talked about. So they have opportunities. But at this point, I mean, they have to win the major- I mean, they have to win more than half the rest of their games. They probably got to win sixty-ish percent of them. They cannot lose any more bad games. No losses to Penn State. They got them twice. Cannot lose those games. Cannot lose to Maryland. Cannot lose to Minnesota. Probably got to win a couple games in the tournament. Is it doable? Yes, absolutely. I think it's doable for Indiana, but they're not in right now, like you said, and they're not. Per- you know, they're, if they lose to Wisconsin and Illinois and Iowa, they go on a four-game losing streak here. That's going to put them in a spot where they're probably not going to be looked upon super favorably by the committee, even if they do finish the year strong. But again, you never know. I think this team has the talent to win a lot more games than they have, which kind of goes back to our first conversation of, you know, whether it's a coaching issue or not. But uh, if they don't put it together, if they don't turn things around quick, I think their their bubble hopes are going to keep shrinking. 
Well, they like you said, they've got the opportunities to do it. They've just got to start winning some of these bigger games. They have Wisconsin, Illinois, Purdue, Michigan State, so many other options coming up for the Hoosiers if they want to try and get into the bubble, try to get into the big dance because we're just about two months away, which is wild to think about as we're halfway through the month of January. Coming up here on our final segment on Locked On Hoosiers, Andy Patton of, of Locked On College Basketball continues to join us. We'll talk about some of the biggest college basketball storylines going on right now, what's been happening in the sport with Upset City is I think the, the direction we're probably going to go when yeah. we come back here on Locked On Hoosiers. Today's episode of Locked on Hoosiers is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season has wrapped up and the playoffs are here, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Place it on whatever you want. Just place a $5 bet. They're going to give you 150 in bonus bets. You're not going to get that anywhere else. With the app, you can use their easy-to-use easy to um, things like same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can go to their Parlay Hub to put your parlay together for some of those playoff games this weekend and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Welcome back into Lockdown Hoosiers. I appreciate you making this your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, whether you're on the YouTube channel, you can subscribe on there, help us out, help us grow. Go to subscribe to Lockdown College Basketball as well. Andy, our good friend, would appreciate that. And uh, we appreciate you making this your go-to spot for all things Indiana athletics. Let's look at college basketball on a wider scale here, Andy, because I mentioned it in that previous segment. It's been upset city, man. The road is where most road, or I guess road games are the most ranked teams is where they've been losing. I mean, outside of Purdue and Indiana, of course. Um, ranked college basketball teams have gone on the road in conference play to die. And that's pretty much been the narrative so far in these last couple of weeks as conference play has gotten opened up. Yeah, it's been it's been wild. At 14 top 25 teams lost uh, in like, an, I think it was a nine day span uh, to unranked teams, all to unranked teams, which is just an insane thing to see happen uh, yeah. in college basketball. There's a lot of potential explanations for that. It's certainly a variety of different things. I think uh, transfer portal NIL have potentially even the playing field a little bit. I think we probably need more than just a year and a half's worth of data to really know if that's actually true. I think teams having older players on the roster because of COVID eligibility has helped some teams that maybe uh, typically wouldn't be able to pull off those kind of victories or able to do it because they just have an age experience. Uh, but I think ultimately a lot of it is just like road games are hard. Road games are hard in conference play. And, and some of it is, is teams that, you know, teams like Houston who are not, who are new to the big 12 or BYU new to the big 12 and they're experiencing playing in that conference for the first time. Like I wasn't shocked. I think Houston's a very good team. I don't think they were overrated, but I wasn't really shocked that they lost two road games in big 12. They lost them by a combined five points, but it's hard to play on the road. And so I think you're just starting to see uh, some of that kind of come to fruition where teams that excelled in the non-conference kind of start to fall apart when they get into conference play, or at least start to, you start to get exposed to, to, uh, to teams that are maybe more prepared for you, more familiar with you. There's more tape on your team that they can watch. And so I'm not stunned that we've seen more of these upsets just in general, but to have it all, I mean, 
what Purdue and Houston went down on the same day. And the next day, Kansas and Tennessee went down within about five minutes of each other. I had both my wow. monitors up watching both those <laughs> games end at the same time. And it's, yep. it's been a really fun season. It's going to make March madness probably hopefully as mad as it's ever been. I mean, it's going to be, uh, if this upset city trend continues, I think we could see a lot of real upsets uh, get into the big dance because uh, it doesn't feel like there is, there are some great teams, Purdue among them, as we've talked about, but it doesn't feel like it's quite as the cream hasn't risen to the top quite as much as you'd expect it. And it may not happen at all this year, which could make uh, for a really, really fun uh, month of March. I think a lot of that also is with so many players becoming eligible with all these weird rules and the NCAA being so Mm wishy-washy on who they make eligible. I know Kentucky fans are going through that right now. And and so many guys that are just all of a sudden joining their teams and becoming Mm -hmm. eligible and playing here in the middle of January. I mean, it kind of helps us out with that, Andy, if you can, and just about how that all goes down. I know we don't always know what the NCAA is going to do. They've got a mind of their own, of course, but I think that plays into this too, man. Yeah, I wish I could help you more than I can. I, you know, it's hard to know. <laughs> Sorry, you're not of, you're not a part of the NCAA. My bad. You know. It's hard to know a lot of decisions. I, I've worked in higher education. I worked in college athletics for for about five years, and I worked with student athletes with in that um, academic support realm. So I have some understanding of like what student athletes need to do to be eligible and and why the rules are in place in some ways, which kind of made the decision to, and I know it was not the NCAA that made the decision to grant this temporary restraining order, which allowed uh, all two-time transfers to immediately be eligible. They did not make that decision, but it was ultimately granted. Uh, and I, at some point, the NCAA is going to need to, to have some kind of hard and fast rule here, or at least consistency in some way, whether it's, Hey, if you want to transfer, you just transfer whenever, uh, as long as you're eligible, you can transfer. It doesn't matter if it's your third year transferring in a row. It doesn't matter if it's your first time transferring. It doesn't matter if your coach left, you can just transfer. And I know a lot of people won't like that. And I'm not necessarily in favor of that either, but it's better than having no idea if you're going to be eligible when you transfer. And even like, like, I don't want to say that, that a lot of people are lying about like, particular reasons why they're transferring to a certain place, whether it's mental health issues, things like that. I don't right. think there's a lot of lying happening, but you now we just don't know. Like it's, Every situation is different. Right. Every situation is different. And the NCAA is not consistent with how they were making those determinations. Uh, I, I know a, a specific player who I won't name here who, who made the decision to transfer and had the opportunity to go transfer to a school that's located in his hometown. And he wanted to transfer closer to home because his mom was was sick and she was, was a single mom. That's all true. But he didn't choose to go to that school. He chose to go to a school that was like two and a half hours away that was in a better conference and then kind of applied for the waiver using this hardship and saying, hey, I want to be closer to my family. He was much closer than he was at his previous school. But it's like at some point, the NCAA has got to be like, look, if you, this was your actual reasoning, you should have gone here instead of here. And, and yeah. he was a player who did not get granted eligibility until this temporary restraining order. So maybe they were trying to enforce that. But it's just it's a lot of tricky situations. I sympathize with people who have to go through this this paperwork. But, you know, I'd be frustrated if I was you know a Kentucky player and. Don't, does, don't know why my seven foot two Croatian teammate Zvonimir Visic is not eligible when he could be a huge factor for this team. And there's not really any explanation why. So 
Uh, it's frustrating to be a part of, I would imagine. Uh, I'm hoping that there's some resolution in some way that helps, you know, not have a situation where in the middle of the year, all of a sudden, like 30 different players around the country are suddenly eligible. Like, I think it's clear that's about as worst case scenario as it's going to get. So hopefully oh, they, can, sure. they can find a way to fix that. But uh, yeah, it's 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 not a fun situation to be a part of, that's for sure. Well, it's wild. That's what we're dealing with in today's college basketball. Between that and, and just like we said, all the upsets, man, March is, is two months away and it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of fun as conference play continues on through the end of January, all the way through February, and then through the first couple of weeks of March. Andy Patton of Locked On College Basketball joining us on Locked On Hoosiers. We appreciate him joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for being here, man. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, tell people how they can find you in Locked On College Basketball quickly and we'll wrap it up. Yeah, happy to be here, Jacob, as always. Uh, fun, fun times. Uh, yeah, the show, Locked On College Basketball, wherever you're listening to Locked On Hoosiers, you can find it there. It is on all podcast platforms. It is also on YouTube uh, as well. You can find it on Twitter, Locked On CBB. We post our own uh, top 25 rankings every week, which you can find on Twitter as well. We also have a Discord channel for those who are interested in joining that. Again, it is at Locked On College Basketball. There's a link uh, in our show notes. You can find it on social media as well. Uh, I'm at Twitter, Andy Patton CBB. I do some written work for you. USA Today covering college basketball as well. So you can find some of that written content posted uh, on Twitter as well. Thanks again, Jacob. Yeah, go check out Locked On College Basketball. We're going to have Andy on periodically. We'll have Isaac on, his co-host of Locked On College Basketball as well. Trying to make this a consistent thing here on Locked On Hoosiers. Talking about Indiana, talking about the Big Ten, and of course, college basketball as a whole. So until next time, Hoosier fans, stay safe, and I'll talk to you later.